Hey everyone, this is your therapy session with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mazur, aka Portland Hairstylist. So I've been really enjoying doing this podcast because it gives me the opportunity of meeting so many talented and diverse individuals here in the Portland area. And some that if I didn't do this show may have taken me longer to connect with or not even connect with at all. I love knowing people's backgrounds, how they got to where they're at now, their family and their interests. And of course, I love talking about hair. I think that might be one reason why I'm good at it, is because I'm not only interested with hair, but I'm generally interested in the person wearing it. Everyone has a story. Well, this guest I'm very excited to have on the show. Driven, talented, and a go-getter, she's not only a stylist of 18 years and specializing in curly hair for the last 12, but she's a mother of two and a salon owner. Last year, she taught a curly hair class where my friend Janelle attended. I spoke with Janelle and she was so ecstatic talking about the class and the knowledge she had gained with curly hair. Well, I've been talking about wanting to go out on my own for some time, starting my own salon, which by the way guys, with everything going on, I'm putting a hold on that. But that does not mean that I'm not doing my research. Well, Janelle had spoken so highly of the owner, I was like, what the hell? I'm gonna message Andrea and see if she'd like to get coffee, talk about herself and her business as a salon owner. My first contact with Andrea Neal Thiessen, owner of Gilded Fox, was April 27th of 2019. She responded immediately and we met up for coffee. Since then, we've been conversing back and forth via Instagram, following each other's stories and seeing how each other's businesses are doing and how our lives are in the world of COVID. She's one that I've confided in about my reservations of becoming a salon owner, as well as sometimes the hard struggles of being a hairstylist, of being a mom and just trying to do it all. Here's the interview with Andrea Neal Thiessen, owner of Gilded Fox Salon, a salon specializing in curly hair located at Northwest Westover at Northwest 23rd in Portland. Interview on Tuesday, August 18th of 2020. Okay. So everybody, this is Andrea Neal Thiessen. She is a salon owner of Gilded Fox, which is a curly haired salon. Um, and she's owned the salon for four years, and this is in Portland. So when was your anniversary for owning your salon? June 1st. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, it just, just happened. Did you do anything to celebrate? Because I know we were no. still in London, no. <laughs> like with your husband and your kids, like, hey. Yeah, no, I did. I don't even think I acknowledged it to them. Oh. It sort of <laughs> something I kept to myself. Yeah. Um, and it's now, not really a time for celebrating. God. You know, it was just... Um, so. Well, I think it's this like, we didn't even know when we were going to be open, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, we didn't maybe. open until June 19th. So. Well, you look like you're kicking ass on your salon. So hopefully you can, <laughs> yeah, celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you've owned your salon for four years uh, and you're originally from LA. 
but you've been in Portland for seven years. So first of all, before we like jump into the fact of you owning a salon, because, um, and then guys, just to let you know, I've actually talked with you quite a few times. Um, Andrea was the first salon owner that I reached out. Uh, my friend had taken a class with her, Janelle Faraday at um, 77 Salon, a curly haired class. Mm-hmm. And you are the first person I reached out. And the fact is, is that you were so nice because I had asked, hey, I'm thinking about opening my own salon. Can we have coffee so I could ask you about it? And you're like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So yeah, I always yeah. want to help other people to open their own spaces. And it's so fun to to be able to talk to people about that. I think that that's there are so few of us. <laughs> well, and I think it's great too, because I think the thing is, is people assume that it's competition, like it's competitive, um, not wanting to share knowledge, which I honestly don't believe that. And I, I found like from doing this podcast and reaching out to people that people are actually really willing to help another person out, which is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've owned your salon for four years. You've been here for seven originally from LA. Now tell me your hair journey when you first decided you wanted to do hair. Well, I, I had been, I went to community college for two semesters and I just did not know what I wanted to do, but I, I knew that the college route was not for me and I wanted to do something creative. So I was sort of trying to decide between going to culinary school and going to beauty school. Oh, cool. Okay. Going to a trade that I could just do something with my hands and, Mm -hmm. um, and be able to just start making money. I didn't want to go into a ton of debt Mm -hmm. to be able to start a career and I selfishly picked beauty school because um, I figured that I would gain a lot of weight if I went to culinary school. <laughs> so. <laughs> so that was it. Was any, was there, yeah, is anybody, was anybody else in your family a hairstylist? Yes, my mom is a hair, was a hairstylist. So I'm second okay. generation. So I grew up around it and I was very comfortable with that and, um, and had always played with hair. What, um, was she really encouraging for you to go to beauty school? No, she was not. She, oh, okay. <laughs> she wanted me to go to college. She did not want me to be a hairstylist. She's like, this is not a good career. Oh, do man. It. <laughs> I know it's such a bummer when you have your parents, you know what I mean? Like, no, don't do it. But yeah. I mean, you're actually very successful. So <laughs> yeah. So now she's like, okay, well you made that yeah. happen. <laughs> Um, now because you chose beauty school, what, cause now you're a curly haired specialist. How did you get into curly hair? And I know it's, it has probably to do with the fact that you have curly hair. Actually, not really because uh, okay. my hair was just kind of wavy after mm-hmm. having kids, my hair's gotten curlier, but, um, I, I wound up, I had already been doing hair for a while for about six years. And then I wound up working at a salon in LA that specialized in curly hair uh-huh. and it was about half of the stylist specialized in it and half didn't. And I just really liked the vibe of the salon. I didn't even really think about becoming a curl specialist until I was sitting there and kind of watching the way that they were working with curls and seeing just all these amazing heads of curls walk out of the salon. So I, then I was like, okay, I need to learn how to do this. Cause it was something that had never been taught to me and it was kind of that area that I just never felt comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And so I just sat there and watched the owner and the other curl specialists there and learned what they did and 
was able to recreate it and just fell in love with the, the sculpting aspect of cutting curls and, and uh, just what happens when you hydrate and style curls. It's just so incredible. Um, how, how old were you? When I you was, went in, when I went into doing hair, um, or, when you went to get to uh, go to that curly haired salon, I was 26. And then when were you going to beauty school? How old were you? I was 19, I think, when I started. Oh, okay. So you'd yeah. been doing like, re- like I wouldn't say regular, but I guess like all oh, types yeah. of haircuts. Mm-hmm. And then were you doing all types of hair color too? Or? Uh, yeah, I was. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when you went into the curly haired salon, what was the next step for you? Well, and first of all, did you end up in a curly haired salon because you had difficulty finding a stylist to cut your hair? No, I didn't actually. And mine, especially before when it was just wavy, it was mm-hmm. your hair is super forgiving and easy. I hate oh, okay. it. But it because I mean, as long as it has a technically good shape in there, then I can diffuse it and work with it. And it was always fine. So as long as they were a good stylist, then I've never had a problem with being able to to style my hair and to get the shape right. But what I learned through starting to to be a curl specialist is like, it just, it, it's so fulfilling because there are so many people that had really bad experiences and so many stylists that don't know what to do with curls that it just, it's, it, to me, it just felt like a lot more fulfilling than just being able to do just straight haircuts and blowouts and, and all of that. How, what was the next step for you? So 26, you got your hair cut. Um, is the salon still mm-hmm. around? It is, yeah. It's and then, in Studio City. Is the stylist that you saw still working there? Um, yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what was your next step? Like, once you decided, like, this is it, I want to specialize in curly hair, what was the next step from that? Well, I took a the Diva certification and because that was the method that they were using. And at that time, Diva Curl didn't have more than one certification. Now they have three levels of, of oh, certification. Okay. So I flew to San Francisco to take their two-day certification course and then was able to start really start taking on curly clients. And at that time, I was super fortunate that with the timing of everything too, because at that time I, I had just moved from San Francisco to LA and I uh, was the only one stylist building a clientele at that time. So they just fed me a lot of clients. And oh, that's cool. Really build up my curly clientele pretty quickly. The salon that you were working at, was it, a, did they do other types of haircuts like for straight hair or? They did. Okay. It was really well-rounded salon. So they, um, or is, so they do, they do everything, but um, really have kind of honed in on that, that curl. Um, how long were well how long were you working at that salon for I was there uh, about seven years and even after I moved to Portland I would fly back once a month to about six months I did I flew back once a month to work there for a week how do you like that because I think that that's so cool like I'm like oh my god they they must be like really well known down there It was just exhausting. It was, yeah, I, I get that. I hear that yeah. all the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, it was nice because I could still stay in touch with my clients there yeah. and, and still have that kind of safety net because I had no idea how long it was going to take me to build up my clientele in Portland. So it was nice that at least I knew I was going to have that full week of income. 
but then after about six months, then it was just too yeah. much. And I, I was really getting busy in Portland and uh, just felt like it was time to. Did you, um, did you do an apprenticeship program too for that salon as well? Or actually, no, I didn't. Oh, okay. I, um, and I actually never apprenticed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was never an assistant. Um, but I highly recommend doing that. <laughs> for I, yeah. I mean, I love the structure of your salon that you have and like having assistants and stuff. So yeah, that's uh, sort of developed after a long time of just of realizing that it really helps just to start on your hair journey. If you can have that structured yeah. start. I, yeah. And I totally believe in that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, when you, why did you move up to Portland? Just for a change of life to try to slow things down, ironically, which I have not been able to do. Like <laughs> like you're pretty busy. Mentality. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also my husband and I just really wanted to be able to buy a house and to wow. have a family. And in LA, that's really hard to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. And what salon did you get into when you first came up here? When I was first here, I was at Platform Artistic Salon. Uh, it was in the Pearl and they've since closed. But it was actually a challenge to find a salon that would take me because of being a curly hair specialist. And I really wanted to work with Diva Curl products. And that was mm-hmm. sort of like part of what I do is, you know, it's half in the, the haircut and then half in the styling. And I needed to work with the, uh, the right products. So it was a real challenge to find a salon that would take me on with having no clients and and then also that would just carry a product line for me so did they have um like during that time was there any curly haired salons there was there's one uh called kiss kiss salon in north portland that's been around for a long time and so they they existed did you try applying over there i actually didn't i just um yeah i i think i wanted to be in a different neighborhood and just kind of with okay. a different vibe so um yeah and then how long were you in plat- at platform for I was there how long was I there maybe about a I can't remember maybe a year and a half two years and I got I was pregnant and was a couple weeks away from my maternity leave and found out the salon was closing so then I kind of had to go I went out and figured out my next, next move from there, which at that time I had, I was sort of thinking that I wanted to start my own salon, but that was not a good time to to do it right before popping out a baby. So, uh, so then I was, I went to Ivan Dollar studio, which is in Southeast and such a beautiful, that's still around, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I checked out their website. It's really pretty. I love the inside of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it that got you to like, maybe I want to be a salon owner? It was really just the, the overflow of clientele that I had and knowing that there, there aren't many curl specialists in Portland and in general. And so I, I wanted to be able to help other stylists to really make a career out of being a stylist. And then also to, to be able to have that, um, just that fulfillment and that, um, totally losing my, my, no, it's fine. Hair, but like just to be able to have more of a purpose with yeah. their, their hair career. And, um, 
and it's something that I'm just so passionate about that I, I really I realized that this is probably the next step and that it was just what needed to happen. And so far you've been doing hair for 17 years, right? Yeah. 18, actually. I just had my, That's my really cool. anniversary in July that, yeah. Uh, when I talked to Josette, I think Josette said she over 20 mm. and I know Rosha has been doing hair for a while too. And I think what's really cool is to talk to people that are still passionate Mm-hmm. You know, that's a really neat thing. It's like, oh man, they've been doing hair for a, a lot longer than I have. And it's just really cool to see that they're still passionate as well. Yeah. yeah. And for a little while there, I was for several years, even when I was in LA, I thought that I wanted to change careers because mm-hmm. I didn't, I loved doing hair, but I know that just physically it's really hard to do for a long time. And I didn't, don't necessarily want to be behind the chair when I'm in my fifties and sixties. Yeah. So I was going to school part-time to try to shift to maybe be a dietitian. Okay. And then I realized that I really love what I do and I can you know, carve this out for myself and have a salon and be able to train people and educate and make that sort of my new path. Now you were at two salons in Portland and then did you open up your salon then after that? Yeah, after I was at Ivan Dollar Studio, then I started looking for for spaces. And once I was kind of through the the initial first year of having my first daughter, then I I realized that this was really what I that was really my goal was to have a salon, and that was really the next step. So then I started putting my business plan together and looking for spaces and on the right one. Yeah, because I. So I've been looking at, I actually put a hold on it because of COVID, Mm -hmm. but at first before the, I think it was actually during the shutdown. I was like, what the hell? I just want to start looking at spaces. Mm -hmm. And it is really interesting to see location, um, the dollar per square foot. And then you told me about the triple net. Mm -hmm. So that was when you first started telling me about that. So I started doing research on that. How Mm -hmm. the, now I know that you did, I don't even think what you, you bought the salon. Sorry. I'm like, like totally tripping, tripping over my words. How did you find out about this salon? Cause I remember you told me the story, but I want you to tell everybody else. Cause it's a really cool story. Yeah. I actually found it on Craigslist and I was sort of desperate at that point. I had been looking for salons and just trying to go through, um, just product reps and stylists and just any kind of referral I could figure out to find salon owners who were possibly wanting to sell. And then I thought like, I'm just going to check Craigslist and look up retail spaces that maybe I could convert and Mm -hmm. turn into a salon space. So I looked up retail spaces and I happened to click on this one that didn't even say it was a salon, but I click on it and it was a salon space that the owner thought she wanted to move into there we're on the second story and there's a, mm-hmm. a ground floor unit that was empty and so the owner thought she wanted to just take her whole salon and move it into the downstairs space so I went and looked at that and talked to her about how what that would look like because I know a lot of salon owners I, I would think would not be comfortable with having another salon on top of them yeah. and but she was okay with it though the previous owner did skincare and um and then when we were, so we kind of were talking for a couple of weeks about what that would look like. And then she just 
told me, you know, I think that you would be a really great salon owner. And would you be willing to just buy my salon from me and take over this space? And she was at this point where she was wanting to, to get out of the industry and do something else. And so we explored that option and I was able to take over her salon. How, how, what was the time frame from when you first spoke with her and saw it on Craigslist to like, oh, holy cow, I'm going to be a salon owner. It was pretty fast. I think yeah. it was about six weeks or eight weeks, something like that. Yeah. It was quick. What did your husband say to that? Well, he was good with it because he, we, I had already, he's very much like not a creative person. He's like very analytical and he, I had my business plan already set out and I had figured out the numbers. So once that was figured out, then he was comfortable with, with me doing it uh, because I had already been trying to find a salon for about yeah. six months at that point. Did so, you find, was there any other salon or space that you really liked that it just kind of fell through or this was the first one that you actually found? There was another space that I really loved um, and it just was so big for, it mm. would have been, I'm so glad now looking back that I didn't, that it didn't work out. Um, but I still dream about being in that space eventually. Really? <laughs> so what's the square footage of your salon? I don't exactly know. I think it's, it's under a thousand square feet. It's probably like 800 square feet, something like that. And then how many stations do you have? We have six. I, you know, cause I've been in there and job shadowed you and it does not feel cramped. I don't think it does. Yeah. No, yeah, the layout is really great. And I think since you've been in, we remodeled and turned the, um, that front, those front windows, the, uh -huh. the waiting area, we turned that into two stations. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. So where do your clients wait? Do they wait outside or do they go, do you have to go downstairs? Yeah, we, do. we had, we had two chairs for a waiting area before, but uh -huh. now, uh, we've just, we've taken those out because with COVID and the phase yeah. one lines, we're not allowed to have that. So yeah, people just wait outside now. Okay. Um, now what, so you've owned your salon for four years. Do you, how has COVID affected you? It, well, it's changed the way that we do our returning client curly cuts because before we were always double booking or triple booking sometimes. And uh -huh. I would do my haircut and send that client off to the assistant to wash style and dry and then start my next client. So now we have to see one client fully all the way through for their whole appointment. So we've eliminated that wash styling drying process for our returning guests. And I, I see my client for the cut and then I refresh their curls and send them out the door that way. So how do you, how do you refresh their curls? Is it the product you use? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll use usually just a water spray bottle and then either a leave-in conditioner or the same product that they use to style to refresh. Okay. And then you don't, you don't, Oh, sorry. But you don't use your hood dryers anymore, at least for right now, right? Well, sometimes we are. It, okay. Usually we're trying to diffuse, but but sometimes diffusing just works better for certain curl types. Yeah. yeah. And what's the product that you carry? Intercent. And now do you do Diva Curl? I couldn't remember if you still carry Diva Curl. We don't. We want, I wound up during the, the shutdown, I wound up getting rid of Diva Curl. Oh, okay. It had this change over the years. It started out as such an amazing product. And then uh, Lorraine Massey, left, who's the one who started Diva Curl, she left about seven years ago. I think it was about when I moved to Portland that that happened. And so I started looking for a cleaner alternative for products at that time and just totally fell in love with Intersense. And we 
we're selling are selling it to like 95% of our clients anyway. So I decided to just get rid of Diva Curl and really go with Intersense because it's just so clean and so much better for the curls. How is it cleaner? It's all organic and they use oh, cool. oils and so and they really are amazing of where they source all their ingredients. Like the shea butter in Intersense is literally the best shea butter in the world that you can get. That's and cool. Just, it's all perfectly balanced. It's incredible what it does for curl health. And you guys are a green circle salon, right? We are, yeah. Now I think that you can now recycle some of the PP is it PPE? PPE, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the masks and uh, the disposable gloves. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay. Now, Mm -hmm. because you've had to cut the, you know, doing the double booking, triple booking, Mm -hmm. has that, have you had any clients? Have you lost any clients for at least right now that want to wait and come back later? We have, I'd say 20 to 30% probably are not ready to come back yet, which I completely understand. Mm -hmm. There's so many, you know, so many reasons why you wouldn't want to. Um, Oh, another thing that we did for, because of COVID is we're now a clean air certified salon as well. So we've got a HEPA filter uh, with the ceiling and it's a whole three-part ventilation system. So that is really nice. And I think that's helped a lot of our clients who may have not been comfortable with coming back Otherwise, mm-hmm. a lot of people have mentioned that they're so grateful that we've got that filtration system oh, that's- in there. And so. are you doing any colors at all or just haircuts yeah. right now? Oh, okay. Yeah. And then how does that work with doing the haircuts? Do you do the haircuts first and then you do the coloring? We do. Oh, yes. okay. So, and then obviously we'll do the whole washing and styling process when it's chemical services. Um, and it just, it makes our appointments so much longer because of adding that drying time. So we're, we're not able to see as many clients in a day, which I'm sure is happening with you too. With just oh yeah. Yeah. Um, has your prices changed at all or you kept the same prices as before? We changed a couple of our prices. So our okay. returning client cuts have stayed the same, but for our new clients, that price has gone up because now it's a two and a half hour appointment for a new yeah. haircut because we need to do that washing and styling process and drying because we want to make sure that they really know what they're doing for styling when they go home. So that's gone up. And then also our root touch-ups and full colors have gone okay. up because we have to include that drying time. Yeah. At the same time where before I could do a half an hour, book a half an hour for a root touch-up and move on to my next guest. And now it's an hour and a half. Is that hard for you not to double book? Cause you're yes. so used. Yeah. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> yeah. It's so strange seeing two or three clients in a day, but then still feeling like you've done a full day and exhausted. I, so I used to be like, um, before the kiddos, I was, I was a really fast cutter and mm. hair colorist. I walk fast back and forth in the salon. Like I'm zooming. Yeah. And then now having the kids, I'm just like, Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just for a haircut. <laughs> cut. I could do a men's cut in like 15 20 minutes and I just block an hour because <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's like I'm tired yeah, <laughs> yeah so, it me time <laughs> yeah um now are you still because with what's going on with COVID and then actually okay. I wanted to get into because I've been noticing a post some posts about Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Now you are a curly haired salon. 
before the movement, which, you know, the movement happened a while ago, but it's now mm-hmm. more prominent now. Yeah. What was the percentage of the diversity of your clients before Black Lives Matter? Well, I mean, I don't think that's changed, but it's probably um, like our, our black and mixed clientele probably makes up like 30 to 40% of our clients. And then are you guys going to target more for the um, women of color or men of color or anything like that now? Um, not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I think like cause curly hair really encompasses the whole spectrum of wavy to coily. And I always have been very aware of on our Instagram feed and social media of like just really putting the representation out there. And I think that speaks for itself. And oh, I totally. I, and it, it's, it's sort of odd being a white woman owning the salon that is very diverse because I really, I love that it's diverse and I'm so happy that it is. And I also don't want to overstep. There are other stylists, there are black stylists who also know how to do it too. And so it's, it's sort of this tricky balance, but something that I do really want to, to do in the future and have been working towards is hiring a more diverse, um, employee base. And in Portland, the whitest city in America, it's a challenge and it's something that you really have to work towards. So something that I've been, I've been working towards is finding those beauty schools that are more diverse and going there maybe once every six months to teach about natural curls and then setting that up so that we can, we can find our our future stylists that way. How many stylists do you have now? It's actually dwindled to two of us. <laughs> so it's you and Chandler, right? Or is it uh, me and Russell? Oh, Russell, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now, do you still want to look for an apprentice right now, or do you want to kind of hold off? I have one right now. Oh, uh, cool. She just started in. When did she start? Right before we started back up. So in June. How started. long has she, How long has she been doing hair? She just graduated beauty school. So how did they find you? Through our uh, curl redemption class that we held in in February, she came to that, and then we we connected there and just kind of stayed in touch. and And it had been that she was going to graduate in May when my last assistant Tanner was supposed to be going on the floor, and then COVID happened and everything got pushed out. But um, but yeah, we I was we were able to to still make make it happen. Oh, that's really nice. Now, does she help you? and Russell out or just you? She helps both of us. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And, um, and that's now- been a new thing to figure out too, how assist, how our assistant program is now going to work with COVID because normally my assistant would be getting their hands in curly styling every day with my clients. Uh, but now it's really, she's more working on the, the client booking side of things and just setting up the salon, cleaning the salon, making sure everything's running efficiently. And I'm having classes with her once a week for the washing and styling. Oh, and does she help with the shampoos with the clients or is it mostly just you? She's not allowed to right now. Okay. Regulations, it has to be just one service provider. Yeah. And then in the future, are you looking for, is your goal to have more than one apprentice at your salon? Possibly. It depends it would be really nice to be able to train two people at once. It just depends on how much we need to grow and how much we can afford. So, 
how long is the program for or how long was it before COVID and then since I know it's probably going to change now it probably will it, it was about a year to a year and a half before COVID I'm hoping to keep it about the same but I it might have to extend a bit longer and then um oh, hold on sorry just one second how okay like how do you balance first of all you're a mom you have a two and a half year old and a six year old uh-huh. and you are a sole proprietor, right? Mm-hmm. How the hell do you balance that? It, it is hard and I don't find the chair of balancing. <laughs> um, I'm always stressed and that's been something with COVID that I really, well, this whole year I've been trying to get on track with balance. And so it started off really great. I was starting to take trapeze classes, which I felt like that was the oh, thing I had for me. I remember you were telling me that. Yeah. Yes. And so that was doing once a week and that felt amazing. And then uh, it was Russell and I were planning to really start hosting more classes and educating more and traveling to different states to teach. And that all got shut down. And so it's, it has been really tricky to figure out our next move and to figure out how I, I'm going to find that balance next now with this, this whole new situation happening. So during the stay at home order, I, it was amazing to stay at home with my girls. And it was so nice to just, I was able to go into the salon two days a week to catch up on business stuff and be with my girls the rest of the time. And that felt so great. And I really was striving to keep that balance mm-hmm. when going back to work. And it's been so hard. How is your husband, how do you guys work it between the two of you? Like, is he pretty busy with work also? He is. Yeah. He, uh, he works probably like 10 hour days, five days a week. So we have childcare set up. We've kind of got this balance where I work four days a week in the salon. And, um, during the week I'm home two days with the girls. My parents do two days of childcare and then we have a nanny for one day. Oh, okay. And Alex does one day where I work on Sundays and he works, uh, he watches the girls on that day. So we've, we've got our little system of childcare going, but. And your six-year-old, what grade is she in? She's going in first. How did you guys do the online? Did you guys do any online classes? (laughs) We did. And it was so hard. Um, for kindergartners, being on a screen for several hours while you're trying to learn something is so hard. I mean, I learned finally that after you know, a month or so of doing the online stuff that once she hit a wall and once she was done, we had to just be done. And because there's no like pushing beyond that to try to get the work done. So, and then also she's in Japanese immersion school and okay. I don't speak Japanese. So that was an added challenge because a lot of the curriculum was in Japanese. And so I would have to go through and kind of figure out what, what they're trying to teach and, and then try to help her to, to navigate it as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know how we're going <laughs> to. I don't know how we're going to do this in the fall. Did you, uh, do you know what teachers she's going to have for the fall yet or? No, I don't even, okay. I don't even know that yet. Cause I don't think they're going to school, right? It's, no, it's going to be all remote. 
And we're going to try to figure out some kind of little pod of maybe three to five kids that could meet uh, one or two days a week So the, and have somebody who speaks Japanese kind of lead the, the kids oh, through okay. that so that they get some in-person Japanese language. What, we, have, uh, we have family that speaks Japanese, but they're all in different places. And so we have to do Zoom or FaceTime with them anyways. So it's all online anyway. How is she handling it with um, staying at home and all that stuff? Does she miss her friends? She does miss her friends sometimes, but she mostly loves being at home. <laughs> and, oh. uh, it's, I'm so glad that at least like we have the two girls that they get along really well and they oh, have really bonded through this. It's been really cool to see, to see their relationship flourish through this. Um, and but she definitely misses her friends. And she one night had had a talk with, with the virus when I was putting her to sleep, she, she was like, I got to talk to the virus right now. I'm like, okay, you, you do that. And she sits up in bed and she's like, virus, you need to go away. This has been going on for two months. Things to open again. I want to see my friends. We got to get back to life. I'm like, okay, oh, good. That's hope so it sweet. Listens to you. How did she yeah. get that idea? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this came to her. Uh, and then what about your two and a half? Is she noticing anything like something's different or yeah she knows that something's up she knows that we can't go places she knows she we're trying to get her to wear her mask when mm-hmm. when we're hiking and people are passing by and um and she's aware of it like one day uh, we had to give our older daughter medicine for something and our younger one was begging for medicine also and was like, you don't need medicine. And she's like, I have the virus. Oh. <laughs> so she knows about it. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Like my two-year-olds, they, they're pretty sneaky. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're very manipulative. Kind of like they are. Um, <laughs> are when, is your two and a half year old? Is she, so she's obviously saying words, right? Yes. When did she start talking? She started talking early. It was, it was probably one when she oh my was starting to say some words. So I, I an older sister probably. Yeah. And, and then girls talk faster. Or okay. Boys do anyway. Yeah. Cause, um, they, the Jack and Hunter, they started crawling and walking a lot pretty early mm-hmm. and Hunter can say baby. He can say bottle. They're not really saying any words, but I've definitely, we've definitely hit the terrible twos. Like Hunter had a tantrum all day and I was just like, oh my God. It's so hard. It and was, I, 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 mean, I hate to say that it doesn't get much better. With that is what I'm <laughs> like, God damn it. I, know, I think it's it before it gets better. <laughs> I know. Like, what is it? Four? I've heard like sometimes the mark is about four or so. Yeah, four, it starts getting better. And then really at five, you're like, okay, okay. You're, you're looking like a human now. You're thinking a little better. I, Your brain's it, working more properly. It's like, um, yeah, I had a meltdown. It was a few weeks ago. I had a meltdown and told Alex, I want a divorce. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a mom. <laughs> I don't want to come home at all. Yeah. <laughs> Cipher through that he's like okay she doesn't really want a divorce she's stressed but now um it's still stressful but it's one of those things where when I'm not when I am off of work it's like all right it's gonna be a good day or it's Mm -hmm. gonna be a bad day they're gonna have tantrums so we're gonna work on that we're gonna deal with this but mom doesn't have a tantrum (laughs) 
Yeah. So it's, it's hard. And I think like part of being a mom too is like, I have not, it's so hard because you lose your identity a little bit because yeah. you're always giving and you're always taking care of these little people. And it's so hard to be able to retain any, anything for you. Is it? Um, in those days and realize. Oh yeah. I, so I kind of realized that, you know, cause I love doing hair and um, I love being focused with my clients, but being a mom and then doing that, it's like, there's, you still need to carve out stuff for yourself. Yeah. Like, do you do anything nice for yourself? Like, is there anything that you really like? Like I need to do this at least once a week or something. Uh, I, well, you know what, my husband and I have started trading off with doing bedtimes with the girls oh, okay. so every other night I get to have at least like an hour for me. So that lately has been looking like just oh. walk around the neighborhood or I'll meet friends for walks. And, uh, that's been, so that's been really helpful. I think, definitely yeah. need to incorporate more self-care. And that totally. was something that during the stay at home order, I was able to just like do yoga throughout the day and have at least like little dance parties with the girls throughout the day to get, to get us moving. And that was really just, it was really helpful, but oh, that's great. You know, I'm not able to do all that. So it's hard you know, when I can. Yeah. It's hard. Are you my, able to get some, some self-care in? Um, let's see. So my gym, which is the Villa sport, they opened mm-hmm. up. Um, I feel pretty safe. It's pretty clean in there and honestly there's not a lot of people but it's just carving out the time because their hours changed so they close earlier mm-hmm. so I either I, I've started because I got slammed were you pretty slammed when you first opened up yeah I, we're still slammed yeah we're always oh my gosh <laughs> yeah so I was really slammed and it was like I was excited to be back but then yeah I had no time for myself but now it's starting to kind of slow down a little bit so I'm purposely blocking myself off earlier so that I could go to the gym um so the gym is my thing and then uh you seen the post I'm a total plant person and I can't have plants at my house because the kids will tear them or eat them oh yeah so I started buying plants for the shop as well as my room and I love to water them I'll miss them (laughs) like fertilize them (laughs) it's like I became a plant lady yeah so it's just nice I start my work or I get to work a little bit earlier about an hour earlier and then I like to stay later cleaning up and then I'll just make sure all the plants are okay (laughs) nice so that's my thing um now what kind of goals do you guys have or do you have for this salon do you have any goals for right now like where you're at and what you'd like to see in a year you know, if we could get a vaccine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do want to really kind of shift gears towards like focusing more on education for stylists. So I I still want to take on clients, but then I also want to, to be able to, uh, I think right now what it's going to look like is to start doing video tutorials to be available oh, on goodness. our website soon. And so we're starting with just the curly wash and styling and it'll be for the client side of things and for stylists, because since we can't go through that whole wash and styling drawing process with our clients right now, we're noticing that a lot of them, we're still troubleshooting and talking them through things during their whole appointment, but we're not able to get our hands in their hair when it's totally soaking wet and to be able to get them to feel how much product they need to put in their hair. So at least if we can put these videos out and do 
you know, little like 10 to 15 minute videos for like $10 each. Um, I think that's just a really like digestible amount of time and price point for people to be able to just to grab that and get that that real professional knowledge. So we're going to start there and then we'll move on to cutting tutorials and balayage tutorials and, and all of that. Hopefully so I, I would totally, I, and I know this would be probably a lot of work. Mm -hmm. If you even did like a live class or a class, people could go on zoom and watch you. I don't know yeah. if you could like prop your laptop, but yeah, no, I, I was going to ask you that because I've been wanting to take a class by you. And yeah. so I'm really glad that you're going to start posting it on the website. Yeah. So we're going to have like the client versions. And then I also want to make a version for stylists that goes more in depth of why we're choosing the products for this specific curl types and textures. So, and uh, then, uh, so now being a salon owner, mom, like a hairstylist for 17 years, what do you have to say for like newbies starting beauty school? What, what advice do you have for them? Well, I think just treating, treating your hair career, like it is a career and really trying to get start started on the right foot by educating yourself in the right places and just to, to try to get into a good assistant program because that is going to help to eliminate so many years of questioning what you're doing mm -hmm. and um, and it'll just get you set, set up just, just starting off on the right foot and then taking, uh, taking as much advanced education as you can because okay. every class it helps so much. And then what about ideas for... Mm -hmm. uh, what about ideas for people becoming or wanting to become a salon owner? Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Right now is a really hard time you know, to, yeah. to do it. I think wait until after COVID um, and just to really try to have, try to have a focus and try to have your brand figured out before you start. And just to try to like carve out, you know, have a business plan, have, have as much lined up as you possibly can. And once you get started, have your systems really in place. Um, and just to keep like, keep refining and keep honing in on, on those systems. And I, so, you know, cause I told you that I was really thinking about being a salon owner and mm -hmm. then, um, megafauna, uh, house of Jude, have you seen them on Instagram? Uh, yes. Yeah. That is such a beautiful space. It's like, there's yeah. these little boutiques. Oh, and, uh, with love or hair with love. I think that might be another one. There are these little yeah. boutique salons that are popping up where they're only like two chair salons. Yeah. And I, even though I have my space, like I love my space and, um, it is pretty private. I honestly almost feel like I feel like I'm gravitating towards that later on. Like I even yeah. told my husband, like mm -hmm. it, I don't know. It just looks really peaceful. So we'll see. I, yeah. I actually want to interview a couple of them and talk to them about that. Yeah, it looks, it's, it looks really nice, especially for right now. And then if you can start your brand there and, and just start in that small environment. And I think for clients right now, that is really nice too, to have just a couple of stylists in there. And that's sort of what Gilded Fox is feeling like right now. It's just me and Russell and we have our six chairs, but it's just us. 
And so we can be distanced. And I think our clients really appreciate that it's just us and less people. And are you actually do have our nail artist, Fumi, still. Oh, okay. Amazing. Are you doing okay with that? Like, does it freak you out not to have the chairs filled right now? Or are you kind of like fine that it's you and Russell? I'm fine that it's just us. I mean, I, I'm crossing my fingers that we can financially make it happen. I think that we can, especially if we can get this online education going and get some, some passive income coming in through that. And um, I feel like it's, it's a good time to restart right now too. And I feel like essentially Gilded Fox is me and Russell and like, we are the, you know, the two that are, have been sort of like the, the advanced stylists and the, the strongest ones and the creatives behind everything we've been doing. So it's sort of exciting to be able to, to start fresh right now with this and to see what we can do. So that's great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking with me, Andrea. Well, thanks for having me. Um, so yeah. you guys, uh, there you have it. This is Andrea Neil Thiessen of Gilded Fox, a curly haired salon located on Westover and Northwest 23rd. If you'd like to know more about curly hair or considering specializing in curly hair, you can reach Andrea at her website, which is www.gildedfoxbeauty.com. And you can also check out their work on Instagram at Gilded Fox Beauty. And if you guys want to learn more about the podcast, as well as previous uh, interviews that I've done, you can check them out on my website at www.hairpeed.salon or Spotify and iTunes, your hair piece session with Emily. <laughs> well, thanks, Andrea. It's so good talking to you. And I hope I can see you face to face soon. I know. I hope so too. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll talk to you yeah. later. Okay. Okay. Bye. Well, guys, that's my interview. Andrea, she's a hustler, a salon owner, a mother of two, and just a kick-ass stylist specializing in curly hair. She believes in her business, she believes in sharing knowledge, and she's just straight up a nice person. You guys should really check out her Instagram page at Gilded Fox Beauty and her website www.gildedfoxbeauty.com. There you'll find a guide to their curly hair approach the products they carry, which you can purchase online, and the pricing of their services. You can also check out curly hair specialist, Russell Castellis. Russell is a coworker of Andrea's and has been at her salon for the last four years. Oh yeah, and their nail tech who does really cute designs is Instagram handle at ColorTreatsPDX. Well guys, that's it for now, so be safe, be healthy, and above all, be hopeful. This is your hair piece session with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mazur, AKA Portland hairstylist. Okay. Show written by Emily Mazur, sponsored by Ziba Hub. Ziba Hub, a career app for beauty professionals where you can find jobs, explore events, and build community and editing by 127 Media House.